Hello and welcome to Insights, the Cubs UCC podcast with me, Anthony MacDonnell, Professor of Human Resource Management. Each week, I find out some of the new and groundbreaking research and ideas from Cubs lecturers that are making an impact on society in Ireland and abroad. From business to Brexit, management to marketing, we're bringing you fresh perspectives and different ways of thinking here on the Insights podcast. And on this episode, while we all know the future of the environment is the most important issue affecting our lives, and we may decry harmful policies of governments and multinationals, what about our own consumer lives and how does our daily behaviour influence the environment? And how do we compare internationally? These are the questions being asked by Stephen Anakuse, Senior Lecturer in Food Business and Development at UCC, and he joins me on the show today. So Stephen, you might tell me about your survey that is looking at measuring the influence of social norms towards sustainable production and consumption. Yes, some years ago when the Sustainable Development Goal, which is the SDGs, came into being, I think the Irish government uh, decided to work with the Environmental Protection Agency to come up with... um, ways through which the Irish government can navigate into how to deal with the issues of uh, sustainable co- consumption and production. And uh, there was a call and uh, we, I applied for the funding and we secured the funding. And the main focus of the funding is to look at sustainable production and consumption, the influence of social norms. And we believe strongly that these are the key element if we want to meet the set target by the government, this is the way forward. And can you tell me a bit more in terms of what it, what is it specifically looking at in the context of social norms? So what do you mean by social norms or, or is it specific aspects of that that you're looking at? What we are looking at is consumer behavior, how we generally look at uh, our elements or factors or things we do in our homes and in the society, how it influences and uh, in a way contribute to the element of climate change. So these are the core areas because each and every one of us has one way or the other through which we uh, contribute to the destruction of the environment. Okay, so you you mentioned SDG 12. Can you maybe speak a little bit about what that is and why that is um, needed, why it's important? Uh, In recent past, there was a kind of a a survey that came up that uh, projected that the world population will increase to about... uh, 9.5 billion by 2050. And if that is the case, we need to be much more strategic in how we we come up with the production and consumption pattern. Because now, some years ago, the number of people who are interested in food production is is decreasing. As that decreases, we have more mouths to feed. And we also saw that there is a lot of wastage within the value chain systems or line. Then the thinking is now, how do we produce in a sustainable way and consume in such a way that we don't expand the gap of people who are poor in the system, making some people have more, much more access to food while others don't? So that, that is the core element, which is number 12 of the 17 goals set out by the United Nations in 2015. And how does Ireland rank in comparison to other countries in relation to... Uh, currently, uh, the reports that are out, it shows that Ireland has performed very, very in terms of uh, how we have been able to you know, set up targets and uh, reform to reduce this. Ireland has performed very, very poorly. Within the European context, I think we are far, far below four, number four to the last country in Ireland in terms of uh, achieving these goals. So. And so why, why is that? There are two things. I look at the politics and the economic aspect of it, and it's much more of politics and the government uh, uh, the government have not uh, in the past have not really focused on 
on the house of the SDG, despite the fact that, that they signed up to it at the United Nations and they did not sit down to look at what do we need to do and what are the elements that need to be you know, teased out within the Irish system to make sure that we're able to meet all this. So it's of recent we are seeing much more move from the government with the publication of the strategic document on, on the issue of uh, reducing CO2 emission that we are now seeing the calibration and the segmentation of how to deal with it and who should do what and how and when. So the focus is, the, is now on on how to deal with it. And what about uh, at, a, at an individual level? What, what impact or what role do individuals in a population have in all of this? The individual has a very huge role to play in this because we are the consumers. We buy, we consume, we throw away, we waste most of the food. So why we are interested in the in, in individual is we need to educate ourselves and this has to be developed from different platforms. I remember last, uh, two years ago, uh, one of the PhD students that uh, finished from from uh, a supervising UCC here was looking at sustainable development consumption within integrating it into the educational system and that was what we were looking at because if we don't have a clear knowledge of how we individually contribute into the environmental issues then we are much more wasting our time because industries can be capped but individuals cannot be capped in terms of the individual role then so it's one that obviously it's a very important role you mentioned there's an important education piece are we seeing much movement and improvement on an individual level in terms of our you know behaviours and being more sustainable? At the moment, we are carrying out a survey to see how the uptake of individuals. So we are a little bit surprised from the interviews we are having how uh, very poor knowledge a lot of individuals have about these issues because they just believe it's none of my problem. But if you put it in, 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 a, con in a kind of a contest, you see it's a big problem in the society. So the uptake is very poor. Uh, to the best of our knowledge at this stage. But within the university systems, where we now have modules that are being taught relating to this subject, yes, there is an awareness in, in, awareness in third level education, but in other sectors, no. For example, I asked somebody, have you ever heard anything about SDGs? So what is that? They have no idea of what SDGs are. So there is a disconnect between what the government is signing up to and what is being disseminated, how the populace is being informed. So you can't punish me for something I don't know, but the law is different in that context. But in the area of this sustainable production and consumption, a lot of people have no idea. But there is a little bit of knowledge in terms of energy consumption because uh, they feel the impact. If you leave your lights on, you pay the bills. So they are conscious of that. But when it comes to food, there is no much attention paid to how sensitive they should be in terms of food wastage. And I suppose back to, I was listening recently to somebody talking about the idea of food and how we, how people shop. And it's back to, you know, there seems to be a lot of varying advice on what's good for sustainable and consumer, you know, um, purchases in the context of the people that do the big weekly shop versus the person that is dropping in and out of their local shop on a need by basis what is the what is best in the context of being more sustainable and, and reducing wastage on a food basis again we are narrowing it down to individuals now or family level if i have a very large family then i have to do big shopping because one of my primary aim as the parents is to make sure that my kids are well fed but 
I cannot because I want to create a system where food wastage is reduced. I'll now provide less food for my family. So there is bound to be wastage. But the problem is, what do you do with your waste? That is where there is a serious disconnection. When you have uh, food left, food leftover, what do you do with them? So there are no pragmatic program or trainings that are being done on how do you recycle your food, make them useful for tomorrow. So if people are listening in, what could they, what, what can they be doing? What should they be considering doing with that waste? It's well, there are new cooking ways now that are being developed or that have been talked about on, on by a lot of uh, researchers on what you can do with your waste. For example, if I have shepherd's pie leftover, why should I throw it away when I can use it to make soup the next day? Instead of putting it in the bin, I can combine it with celery in the morning, in the evening, make it look fresh. That's a different thing. So innovation in what you do with your waste also boils down to individual or households. Okay. Um, there seems to be a lot more talk, at least around green politics and green policies. Um, you're shaking your head at me. Um, so is that just a bit of talk and in the media recently as opposed to it being a, a movement? It's just more or less of a talk. Uh, politics and when politicians want to win election, they tell you all sort of things, as far as I'm concerned, to the best of my knowledge. Because most of the things politicians say is just left with you after the election. That is, the, they, they just lose it completely. So it's, it's more or less like a buzzword. I don't believe in what they say when it talks about green and all that. It, it has no meaning to me. So the evidence is that we're not seeing this no. action from political... No figures yet. No. Okay. No. And is there any is there any is there any examples as a country that we could look to where who are doing it particularly well in terms of being far more sustainable and have, and are really tackling these issues? Yes, uh, there are. I I have been opportune to visit uh, some of the Scandinavia countries. As far as Europe is concerned, they are the leaders. I was in Sweden. I was in Copenhagen. I was shocked with the level at which they have been able to master the art of educating people about how to reduce waste, how to use resources in your house to make sure there is no wastage. So it's more or less taking the fight to the people, not you spoon-feeding the people on what to do. But in the context of Ireland, the government is telling us what to do, but they are not giving us the instrument or what it takes to do what they want us to do. But in the reverse is the case like Sweden, when they tell you specifically and they train you based on that. So they are leaders in that. So how do they do that? How, you know? it's, it's more or less like um, devolution of powers within the system of training. For example, all we are hearing about uh, the climate change issues coming from the government. What are the local authorities talking about? They have no idea. They are being spoon-fed by the government. So the local authorities should also have their own strategic plan on how to make the people who are actually the consumers and how they contribute towards climate issues. So there should be a kind of a change in power structures within what the politician says in Dublin and what we, we are doing in Cork City or in Galway or in other counties. And have, have the Scandinavian context, have they used incentives as well as education? Is that something that two we things, need to do here? Two things combined, incentives and education. For example, I was in, um, in Copenhagen and uh, I bought a water, water bottle and... Uh, and the guy just said, you are paying more for this because if you return the, the plastic, you, you get money back. I was just, what are you talking about? So I 
took the water water bottle to my hotel after drinking it and I returned it there and I got more money back. So and I realized that yeah, I started watching out when I see empty plastic on the road, I just pick it, take it there. And and yes, I was there for, for ten days. And it becomes something that everybody within the system is conscious of. Indirectly, they are keeping the society clean, taking all the plastic away because there is an incentive. And also within the educational curricula of the country, it is well structured that everybody has to be taught about issues on sustainable. Even before the SDG goals came into place, they have been doing that. So I think the government should emulate that aspect of creating an educational structure where each and every, whether you are old, younger, one generation, they should all be part of it. But I think they, they are doing something about it on the green school, but how it is structured and delivered, there is still a, a huge question on yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. And I get, you know, I suppose that brings me to issues in terms of, again, the imbalance. And you talk about local levels and devolution, but I suppose even if we think about recycling, and I know where I live, um, the recycling options and bins that I get um, are different to what my mother is in a different part of the county where, you know, you know, it seems that we don't even have this equity in terms of availability, you know, so in terms of, you know, we don't get gas, glass collection, for example, um, so you do it, um, but no, a lot of people obviously do it and they bring it to their local centre. But again, you know, same as um, that waste food bins that some parts of the country have. Is there, are these things where we need to roll out more standardised services um, well, in, in some, areas? In some part of the county, there are they are different. Like, for example, in Cork City, I, in, like in my own house, I have three types of bin or four. One for compost and one for glass, one for recycling. But if you go to Germany, the Netherlands and even Scandinavian, they place much more emphasis. For example, when you say this is a recycling bin, it's not everything that is recycling that is to be recycled that goes into that bin. So we have not been able to differentiate that aspect of what recycling actually means. Whether plastic should be separate, papers should be separate, because when you are trying to transform this waste into different other products, then it gives those who are selecting them much more hassles to do it. So the question is, how much training have we provided to people to understand what needs to be separated? So there is still a huge work to do, but the commercial aspect of it is not also encouraging to people. If you are asking me to pay 280 euro, 300 euro per year for my being to be taken, why should I be wasting my time separating them when I know it's going to be their job? I'm paying for, the, for, for it to be done. So that kind of attitude need to be much more focused on and create incentive for people to do things differently. Mm. Yeah, and I guess, but I suppose back to then in terms of the education, so I, was in, I think like there's definitely, I think people, you know, would hear at times about the importance of that separation. So, you know, when you pay your new bill, you generally get a piece about the importance of separation, making sure everything is clean and dry. But clearly your suggestion is that that's not really getting through. It's, so, not, it's not getting through because... Um, there is nothing actually giving me that uh, push to say I have to go an extra mile or spend extra minutes to separate my bill. It's not there. But I, or like in other countries, there is that element, that a little bit of a, a tip that makes people to do things differently. It has to do with education and economics incentive. And in terms of those leading examples that are doing it well, is that something that we can do here? What, what are the stumbling blocks behind us not adopting some of those best practices? Yes, of course, we can do it better than them. 
except we have a political will and a kind of a devolution of responsibility from the government. The government cannot be uh, the benevolent uh, despot, like I usually call them, like acting like big daddy, I do it all for you. No, you can't, you, the government cannot do everything for us. We have to also take responsibility, but we need direction. And that direction is not coming from the government. So or not the government look at it from, we are giving these directives to the local county, and the local county are now, you know, further strengthening and streaming it down to who should do what, when, and how. That is when it, should, it, it, it makes a, a huge impact. I, I just make a quick reference to, to something that happened in 2004 in this country, this cigarette ban. When it came into being, a lot of people resisted. No, I will not be making money. This will happen if I do that. But over time, people started realizing the health benefit and the economic benefit. And all, all of a sudden, we all became a watchdog to ourselves. If I see you smoking in public place, I will just look at you. Don't do that. You know, people become conscious. So if we use the same approach to get the people to understand first the benefit associated with it, look at it from the economics, and you, you know, emphasize on it and make sure that this is something that is good for all of us, everybody will come on board. So we've seen, um, I suppose over the last few months, you've seen individuals like Greta Thunberg, we've seen students kind of collectivizing in certain contexts about some of these issues. Does that give you any encouragement that perhaps there is? Um, it's those in, at a real youth level may actually put the, the push on um, or is it still just not convinced? Uh, at the moment, yeah, this, this, it creates awareness. That's one very big thing about it is it kind of uh, incentivize the whole youth to understand that something is going on or something is wrong somewhere. But do they have the powers or the means of actualizing some of the things they talk about? It still rests with the politicians. The politicians just look at them and just listen to them and use them for whatever reasons they want to and move on. So it's more or less like a movement, as far as I, I understand. But the movement, does it have an impact? No. But is it creating awareness? Yes. But how effective is this awareness is a different discussion entirely. And I suppose that moves back to, obviously, as a first step to change anything, you need that awareness. And then it's about, obviously, putting in place tools, incentives, etc. And we're obviously not there on that plan behind this awareness yet. No. For example, when the Sustainable Development Goals came into being in 2015, this is a, a, a contrast of something I see differently. When I was in Kenya, when you turn the radio, you see them advertising. The government has a, an advertisement on SDG goals. I have never seen anything like that in Ireland, either on ROTE or any. No talk about SDG. There are no advertisements. But if you go to poor countries or developing countries, you see those adverts, there is kind of a sensitive, sensitizing the, the populace about what the SDG. That is a flaw, something that the government is not doing very well. So without creating that awareness, how will people know anything about the SDG goals? No. So in terms of looking to the future and improvements, what are the, the biggest challenges facing us in improving our sustainability um, and consumption patterns and behaviors? Well, we call, they call it business as usual. The government talk the talk and they won't walk the walk. It's business as usual because most of the corporate of this issue of sustainable development are companies. And the government is not interested in confronting them because of the macroeconomics uh, element of it that, oh, if you push me to the wall, uh, there will be a great unemployment. 
people will be sacked because companies are driven by profit. Anything that tampers with their profit, they don't want to do it. So the government should at least put a little bit of focus on industries to make sure they are doing things right. Otherwise, we continue the way we are, we are doing. And also there is pressure on consumption. We are becoming much more schizophrenic in the way we consume. Everybody wants to have six-pack. Everybody wants to look very thin and, and look good. Looking good is a big business, but at a cost. And the cost is that we are doing things that we are not supposed to be doing, which has impact on climate. And the companies that are refining this, pro, this new product or developing this new product to meet our new way of thinking, of reasoning, health-related element, are also wasting a lot of food to be able to meet the needs of the populace. So th these are things that are actually a little bit of a challenge. How do we synchronize, create a sync between what the government is saying, what the, politi uh, what, what the government is saying, what the companies are doing, and what we need as individuals with the consumers. How to marry these three elements is, is a huge challenge. Also coupled with the increase in population. Population is increasing, there is no doubt about it. We are not saying that uh, the government should stop people from producing or reproducing. But the fact remains that we need to create a way of looking at how population dynamics can be reduced. That's an interesting topic because I suppose that's been, I suppose, a topic that some countries ultimately have moved to or have previously set caps and are very conscious or maybe have tightened up migration patterns and so forth. Is is that a real concern or is that, is that an issue of population growth or is that back to the issue, actually the fundamental issue is about we're not actually um, sustainable enough in how we produce and how we consume and actually there is enough that, that it is doable based on population growth or actually is the area of population growth something that really needs to be really yeah, I, seriously I, I, considered? I, I wouldn't say it's population. It's all about how we consume and how we produce. We need to just go back to those simple basics. If you look at the supply chain, or the value chain system, we see tons and tons of food that have been thrown away. The government should put money in institutional research to come up with new products. That is being done, but is, is it fast enough compared to other countries? No. So it's not an issue of, like I usually ask my students, is enough food actually produced for the world population? The answer is yes, enough food is produced. But if you look at the commercialization, the processing aspect of it, it makes it almost impossible for all of us to have access to it. And that means when you look at something like food mice, where the food is coming from, from Australia, from different parts of the world, within that supply chain, there's huge wastage. Then we need to think out of the box. What are the best ways for us to deal with this issue of either food mice, food wastage, or now thinking about the circular economy and how we use it to create a sustainable system of production and consumption? So if we were to look, do a bit of future navel-gazing, um, what would you, in 10 years' time, what would you think would be a good um, position that we're in? Um, what, what is reasonable? What would you think has been, do you know what, that's been a good 10 years? In this domain, some of these uh, elements, uh, like the sustainable development goals, are very difficult to measure. And I know some people will use econometrics extrapolations to tell us this has been reduced. I was surprised this morning that uh, one of the one very key researcher was saying that by 2020, unfortunately, we'll not be able to meet the educational element of the sustainable development goal that everybody, every child in the world, should have access to uh, primary and secondary education. 
And already we are being told that it's not sustainable. We can't meet that. Why? Because the funding is not there. The UN that does out some of these policies have no money on their own. They depend on other countries. And some of the countries that are dependent on, they have their own political and some other economic issues. So it's now set on where, what is our priorities. But I strongly believe in the nearest future we should be able to, if it, even if it is just the awareness that people are aware that our actions are creating problems, then it would have been a huge success if we are able to create the awareness. But for us to say, yeah, well, we have, I don't like putting percentages, we'll have 10%, 20% achievement in this area, I would say no. And if there's an in, in, as individuals listening to this podcast, what one piece would you say to an individual that they should look at themselves and take control of where they could actually improve the situation? It's, it's, for example, if you, are, if you wake up in the morning and you want to brush your teeth, how do you do that? Some people just leave the tap running. Think twice. Because the cost of processing that water you are wasting is huge. So it just borders to an individual. Just think about, look at your environment, your room, the first place, and think of what am I doing in my room that is quite sustainable and unsustainable. When you start from your room, you move from your room to your living room to your kitchen, you see things will start changing. It has a huge economic benefit for you as an individual. If you can think differently, stop what you are doing. It's not business as usual and change your behavior towards what you produce and what you consume. I think that should be a very good thing for us, a good way for us to start. Thanks, Stephen, for coming in and sharing your insights on this really important topic. Thank you. That's all we have time for on this episode of Insights, the Cubs UCC podcast. And my thanks to Dr. Stephen Akuse, the Senior Lecturer in Food Business and Development, for joining me on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And join me next time for new ideas, research and perspectives on Ireland and the world from us here at Cubs UCC. Thanks for listening.